Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. And now, here's your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. Welcome back to another episode of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry. Live, well, recorded, I guess. Once upon a time, live from the city of Austin, Texas, alongside my brother, the super esteemed, the debonair, the unaccomplished, the redolent, the venerable, the bumptious, and the sanguine, Matthew Henry. How you doing, Matthew? I'm good. I'm I'm sang- sanguine, huh? You're sanguine, like a penguin. Sanguine like a penguin. That's right. All right, I could I could handle that. Sanguine. So I, um, maybe along those lines, is now a good time to talk about how the Giants still aren't eliminated from the playoffs. <laughs> That is a very sanguine thing to say. <laughs> Contrary uh, to, to, to you know, reports. Uh, today. That's right. Major League Baseball said they were eliminated. <sighs> Trying to try they, you know, that what, East Coast bias rearing its head again. Yeah, you know? that's what it is. That's what it is. You know what it is. I think they looked at that team and they were like, this team should be eliminated. Yes. Well, granted. <laughs> yes. But it turns out, you know what it is, Matthew? We just hadn't played the Diamondbacks and the Rockies enough. Exactly, exactly. Or finally, the Diamondbacks and the Rockies remembered that they're the Diamondbacks and the Rockies. Yeah, I mean, wow. These last couple of weeks have been really just sort of like um, too little too late, you know, like consolation prize. Because it is pretty clear that the Giants are still a better organization than both of those organizations, right? Yes. Certainly. I mean, the Rockies are just a babe lost in the woods. I mean, you know, there is no hope for them. Like, just nowhere. At least the Diamondbacks look like they're trying, you know, uh, both on the field and off the field. But the fact of the matter is they're both inferior, and it, and it's nice for that to finally, finally present itself. But before we get into any of that, I got a question for you. Okay. What is your favorite kind of barbecued meat, Matthew? Do you prefer chopped brisket? Do you prefer baby back ribs? Do you prefer giant beef ribs? Do you prefer a sausage with maybe like some cheese in it? You had me until sausage with cheese. Like I, I, that's gone a little too far, but boy, I, I always get the combo plate of the beef rib, the pork rib, okay. and the brisket, okay. right? Because I want to try it all, man. I want to bury yeah. my face in it. I want to slather my body in barbecue sauce. I want to walk out with barbecue sauce stuck underneath my fingernails, and I can smell it for the next, like, three or four days, even though I've washed my hands several times. Uh, you know, when you eat barbecue, you just – you have to, like, you know, live it and, like, just – you know, become it. And uh, so I can't limit myself to just one, one, one. Uh, well, well, then you would have really enjoyed the place that I went to tonight, which was, which is called Cooper's barbecue in, in Austin. Um, I, 
I didn't choose it, you know, like, I don't, I don't know. I just, just kind of like following the crowd. Um, I'm, I'm here for a work thing that I totally forgot about last week. Um, yes. but I'm here for a work thing. And he's not lying. I got a text, uh, this week, like, Oh, by the way, I'm in Austin right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, you know, so, so anyway, I was at Cooper's and, and they have just like this, this guy standing over this huge trough. Oh, meat. And he just looks at you and he's like, what do you want? And of course we were feeding like a whole crew of people. So we had this one guy who was just like, give me some of this, give me some of that. And it just was piling it up into this huge mountain. So we, we had all the things we had all the things. So I'm with you. Yeah. A little bit of everything. Yeah. Like I, I, I still got a little bit underneath my fingernails, I think, or, or maybe trapped in my beard. Oh. You know what? And while we're talking about meat, Matthew, this might be a good time for us to to let the listeners know. Uh, this is uh, that, this is the one episode, folks, where you can't listen in the car with your kids. Yeah, this this is definitely where we 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 are going to mark this one as not not safe for the family. Um, we're gonna uh, we're gonna abide by the rules and um, and uh, let everybody know that uh, we are we're gonna be a little bit uh, a little bit blue. This episode, which one does when you're recording episode 69, right? Nice. Yeah, that's right. It's episode 69. I hear that has some sort of connotation. Allegedly. I don't really get it. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, I mean, I know what it stands for, but I just don't know why it's never made sense to me. Why that number? Yeah. Why not 96? Uh, You know, um, Man, I almost spit my between the sheets all over my laptop. <laughs> yeah, why does why does ninety six not get any of the love? Poor ninety six. Poor ninety six. Well, you know, you know in, 90- in, in, in what uh, thirty something episodes, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll have That's to revisit right. we this. Can, we can recelebrate. We can recelebrate. You know what? Ninety six. Nice. Ninety six. You're nice too. Oh man. Uh, but it got me thinking about like other numbers that might be, you know, we can like think about is you know, it might, you know, 88. Sure. Right. I mean, you know, use your imagination. 88. <laughs> I mean, that's definitely like, you know, it's, it's, it's like, you know, maybe a little bit of, uh, um, eh, you know what? I, I, I'm not going to go into it. I'm just going to let you all use your imagination. Yeah, so that, that, that's 88. fair. That's fair. Yeah, has, has, uh, I'm, I'm curious. Has any giant ever worn the number 69? <laughs> you know what, Matthew? No giant has ever worn the number 69. In fact, I think I think you told me that only what? 18. 19, 18 players. 18, 18 players in the history of Major League Baseball have, have, not, have, have only worn the, the number 69. Most of them Kansas City Royals and Pittsburgh Pirates for some strange reason. Yeah, eight out of the 18. We're Pittsburgh Pirates. You know, so Pittsburgh's all about the 69. I... <laughs> you know what that also tells me? That tells me that 69 was, you know, a number with the reputation all the way back when. When they started putting numbers on the backs of players, it, it had a reputation. Yes. It's... And that just, yeah, that means grandma, she knew what 69 was. <laughs> 
Well, our grandmother so, definitely knew. Yeah, cheers to you, Grandma. <laughs> yeah, rest in peace, old broad. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. But anyway, uh, today, folks, is Wednesday, September 69th. I mean, 28th. Uh, let's see. The Giants. The Giants. The Giants went 5-1 and one since we last spoke. Going uh, 2-1-1 against the Diamondbacks. And uh, we finished the two games against the Rockies and then have now since played the Rockies again. So we went 2-0 and since we recorded last and then 1-0 and again. So three three wins against the Rockies since we've last I, recorded. I got it. That's that's right, because we did, we're weird at the end of the season and we got all these weird days off and four-game series and a three-game series starting on a Tuesday. It's all confusing. You know what, Matthew? Next week, Next year we should go back to recording on Sundays. It was a little easier to keep track then, wasn't it? It was. It was a lot easier. It was a lot easier to keep track. But I will take I will take full responsibility for that, you know? Yeah, you were all like, I'm way too busy on a Sunday. I need to... Well, I was. I was. <laughs> I was. But, you know, we'll see, you know? Uh, we'll see what the spring brings. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah. And, uh, what, and, and as we mentioned at the top of the show, the Giants are still in it folks there is still hope those of you who are sanguine can still sanguine sanguine can still believe in the possibility of a postseason for the giants they they are not eliminated their their elimination number now is down to two and by the time you're listening to this this could all be done right i mean it could be just you know by the time thursday rolls around who knows but that's true well we should publish this in the morning and i know all of you listen to this as first thing right like you wait by your phone until you get that little notification and then giant cocktails pops up and you rush to listen yeah uh, so you're, you're breaking you out your booze listen. at like 10 a.m i know you are yeah but anyway uh so they are they're still in it still in contention they're only, I, I think, seven and a half games out of of the wild card. Uh, sorry, seven games out, and um, six and a half behind the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, seven behind the Philadelphia Phillies. Unfortunately, it's looking like. I mean, they could still be knocked out, but it's looking very, very likely that the Padres will not Padre. Um, they could always get swept in that first opening series, though. So, you know, there's still hope. There's still hope for the Padres Padreing. But, uh, yeah, so that's where the playoff situation stands. Does anybody want to know how far the Giants are behind the uh, Dodgers? <laughs> Does anybody want to talk about that? No, nobody? Nobody. Nobody? Nobody. Nobody, nobody good. I'm going to bring it up anyway. It's 30, folks. The Giants are 30 games behind the Dodgers because we should never forget. We should never forget. The Dodgers have won 106 games. They're one win away from matching the Giants' total last year. So not only are the Los Angeles Dodgers of the 2022 better, way better than 2022 San Francisco Giants, they're probably better than the 2021 San Francisco Giants, too. And, you know, now that I say that out loud, it hurts a little bit. Well, I don't tell you, but I think at least we're not the Oakland A's. Who are 45 and a half games out of first place in their division. At least wow. we're not at least we're not the Washington Nationals who are 43 and a half games out of first place in their division. At least we're not the Colorado Rockies who are 41 games out of first place. 
So even and, the Rockies, a, as bad as they are, and as good as the Dodgers are, are still fewer games behind first place than the Guardians and the Oakland A's. That is a good point. That is a good point. The Nationals, you know, the Rockies are are have four teams behind them in the National League. So as much as I like to beat up on them, maybe they're better should, than the should, Marlins. Maybe we should be giving them more more due. I don't know. Their red the run differential is they they've been outperforming. Mm. Uh, well, you know, you know, I mean, they, their superstar free agent signing Chris Bryant, you know, was <laughs> the man who the man who never hit a home run in Colorado this year. Not once. Not once. <laughs> you you would think a guy would run into something, you know, in Colorado, right? I mean, Tyro Estrada is like hit. You know, Tommy Lastella hit one off out of the third deck or whatever, and yeah. Chris Bryant hasn't hit one. Yeah, you know, I I've never hit a home run at any level of baseball, but I'm still pretty sure I have a home run at Coors Field. <laughs> I know that sounds paradoxical, but I think it's still true. <laughs> you know, I had a few ground um, uh, inside the parks, but yeah, never went over the fence. Yeah, the Nationals, the Nationals, the Nationals have already lost 101 games. That's worse than the A's, man. Like they've. They've outscored the A's. They've outscored the A's by by almost 40 runs. But they had given up 809 runs. They played a pretty tough division, though. So, you know, there's that. That is true. That is true. That is true. And they haven't given up as many runs as the Rockies. So, you know. Um, well, the Rockies play in Colorado, and, so. Yeah, that's true. That is true. But they've scored 90 less runs than the Rockies. But the Rockies play in Colorado. So, you know, yeah. But man, wow, the Nationals. I don't understand that team. They're up, they're down. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. But we're not here to worry about them. We're here to worry about the Giants. But we're also here... To get a little drunk. Exactly right. Is it? I thought it was your turn. Is it my turn? I, I think you got to go first with this one. Oh, that's fair. That is fair. You're, you're right. You're right. Bob, hit me. What are you drinking, Ben? Thank you for asking, Bob. That's very kind of you. Well, in honor of episode 69, nice, I am drinking a celebratory cocktail, an honorific cocktail, a classic cocktail that does not contain peach schnapps. Yes, folks, it is the Between the Sheets. And, um, you know, I want to preface this by saying, like, last week when I planned all of this, I had no recollection that I was going to be in Austin, Texas, recording from a, uh, a, a co-working space, as I am now, which is better than the hotel room by a long shot. The echo is not as bad. I got way better uh, internet. Um, and I have ice makers galore. Um, but at home... I would have been cutting my own lemons and squeezing them. I would have waited a couple of hours for the for the you know for the acid enzymes to do their thing so that the lemon was perfectly flavored. But it was not to be. Uh, instead, I am drinking a between the sheets, which does call for lemon juice, and I'll get to the recipe really quickly. But I am using one of those plastic lemons a little yellow squeeze bottle get. yeah 
a little yellow skis bottle. Uh, I believe it's called uh, Real Limon. <laughs> and that's not even that's not even like the the high end like lemon squeeze bottle. That's not the one. Even the one that's shaped like a lemon. You have one that's like round. No, it's shaped like a lemon, sort of. Mm, all right, maybe a little bit. I don't know. It's got the little dots on it. <laughs> it's got this weird accent over the A. So I'm like, okay. It's uh, and you know what? I said Real Lemon, which implies there's two L's, but there's not. There's only one L. It's Real Lemon. <laughs> they combined or, it. Or or Real Lemon. It's not real lemon, that's for sure. (laughs) It's not. It's exactly what it is not. It is not real lemon. But anyway, the Between the Sheets is actually a very simple cocktail. It's a potent cocktail. It calls for equal parts, uh, light rum, uh, triple sec. I'm, of course, using Cointreau, as always, even when on the road. And uh, and then it calls for an ounce of cognac or brandy. Um. I'm using the littlest bottle that I could find, which is just Palmason brandy. You know what I'm talking about, folks. Yeah, I mean, usually there's um, a, usually there's a brown paper bag wrapped around it. You know. But, yeah, but... this is not the this is not the uh, this is not the highest quality ingredients I have in this cocktail. Not the VS or VSOP. It is it is VSOP, but like whatever that means for Palmason. Um. Anyway, and then it calls for the recipe that I used called for three quarters of an ounce. Uh, if you're using one ounce for the other other um, ingredients, it called for three quarters of an ounce um, of of real lemon. Um, and uh, folks, that was way too much because it, it is this is literally all I could taste in this cocktail. And, and normally, I have some chances to experiment, um, and, and and you know, not that I do, but I, I have time. This week, I did not have the time to do that. And um, and really, the cocktail, all it tasted like was Real Limon. Um, and it was pretty awful. I did, though, see some other recipes that called for much less lemon juice. So even if you're using fresh lemon juice, you might want to pull back on that. So I think somebody like me who really doesn't like the tartness of a cocktail, I, I prefer it to much more to be sweet. And this is not a sweet cocktail. Um, you can uh, pull back on the lemon, I think. Um, which makes this a very um, potent but um, well-balanced. Like, this is actually a cocktail that's a little bit sophisticated on the palate. And, um, you know, out of all of the other cocktails named after sex or sex acts, um, this one (laughs) is probably the most uh, legit. And... uh, uh, but unfortunately, to fix this one, I also bought myself some agave syrup because I had a feeling this was going to happen. Um, and so I doctored this one after tasting how bad it was. I, I doctored it up with a with a little agave syrup. And and funnily enough, it's almost all gone now. <laughs> you're going to have to show you're going to have to make your yeah. second one in your little cubicle. I am going to have to make my second one in my little cubicle. Do I have any more ice? Oh, my ice is melted. I'm going to have to go to the kitchenette to get more ice. But you know what we learned, Matthew? I don't have to put myself on mute while I do that. <laughs> That's right. When Ben, we were doing testing uh-huh. beforehand, and Ben went all the way to the kitchen to get uh, the ice, uh-huh. and he could hear me, and we could talk while he was on his headphones. I could even, I could, might even be able to do a walking tour of the, the co-working spaces here, because <laughs> it's totally empty here. 
And I could tell you what's in people's offices. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. But, you know, I do want I have some observations on your cocktail here. Oh, yeah. Go for so, it. So, one, you mentioned, you know, I think a really good thing that most people don't think about is the letting your lemon sit, <sighs> you know, for a little while uh, after you've juiced it to kind of let the acids and everything kind of uh, mellow out a little bit. And, uh, you know, that's something that I don't remember all the time. And I think if you've got the time, you know, definitely, you know, do that. Let your, you know, and that's what bars do. I mean, they have their lemon juices in a squeeze bottle usually, and they've squeezed it out in the morning. And by the time it gets to you at night, it's been sitting for a while, a little bit more mellow, uh, flavor there. Uh, the second observation is this is a stiff drink. I mean, you know, you've got, you've got three ounces yeah. of, of, of spirits in there. And uh, and depending on the the uh, the alcohol content of each spirit, you're you're probably uh, you know feeling pretty good after you've had a between that, the sheets. That's right. I am feeling very good right now, and I'm going to go have another. I'm going to I'm going to start making my second one. I did want to comment on that that whole lemon juice thing. Um, it, the the lemon juice has what are called terpenes, and um, uh, the terpenes uh, when they oxidize, they present um, a truer, I'm quoting this from a Cook's Illustrated article, uh, more preferred citrus flavor. So you want to give those terpenes time to oxidize, which means you want your fresh, your freshly squeezed lemon juice to actually sit for a little while. And this is also true of limes. It's not true of all citrus, but for lemons and limes, this is definitely a situation that is true. Now, how long do you wait? uh just a couple of hours um it, it's not it's not like it's not like you can wait days and days you have to wait days and days and probably shouldn't um but a few hours will make your lemon juice taste more lemony good good tip go. learning all sorts of stuff here that's right um yeah i'm going to go get i'm going to listen to you matthew while i go get my ice i am going to mute myself because it's probably going to be pretty noisy all right um, you mute yourself bob while Ben gets his uh, ice, hit me up. What are you drinking, Matthew? Well, Bob, after you spend a night between the sheets, especially in this day and age, unfortunately, you're going to need to consider some penicillin. <laughs> so, you know, when we were challenged with coming up with a drink, a sex-themed drink for episode 69... I got to admit, I, I looked at a lot of cocktails and each one of them was just terrible. Nice. <laughs> I have no idea what he just said, but anyway, awful. And uh, so the more I, the more I, I dug into this, I was like, well, I don't want to bring a cocktail that's terrible to the show. So I started uh, branching out into other like kind of related fields to sex and landed on the penicillin. And I'm not really sure why it's called the penicillin. I think it's because back in the day when it was made, uh, this cocktail was was presented, because it is a classic cocktail, uh, that it was one of those that was supposed to like help cure your colds and do all that kind of stuff. And it might, uh, but uh, now I think it's just a nice cocktail. And it's one of the few cocktails that features uh, scotch as its uh, main spirit. Uh, and so this cocktail, the penicillin, has two ounces of a blended scotch, three-quarter ounce of lemon juice, 
three quarter ounce of honey syrup. And honey syrup is basically just equal parts honey and equal parts water. Usually just like some really warm water from the tap and, and uh, mix it with equal parts honey and shake it up in a jar or something. And it becomes this nice honey syrup. And so uh, three quarters of that. And then you shake that with ice until it's really cold uh, and also dilutes a little bit. And then you pour it onto a glass with ice. And I used a large, just a single large ice cube in my glass, like you would like maybe for an old fashioned. And then you float a quarter inch of a peated scotch or a, or a, sing, a single malt scotch of any kind would probably be okay. Because um, the peated scotch is, is really an acquired taste. And it's one of those ones that you, know, you may not have in your liquor cabinet because it's you know there's not really a lot of cocktails that call for it and unless you like sipping you know your scotch uh, you may not have it and so uh the 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 peated scotch usually you look for a bottle that has like the islay i-s-l-a-y uh peated scotch is is a is a one to go for if you want the true version of the penicillin. I floated just a, I had some single malt scotch that was in my liquor cabinet and, and did that. And it was, it was fine. And it does give a nice kind of pungent kind of kick and mixes with the sour of the lemon and the honey syrup. And it's a very well-balanced cocktail. Uh, garnished it with uh, some candied ginger, which randomly I just happened to have and, uh, uh, and some lemon zest. And so it's a nice, uh, very balanced, not too tart, not too sweet cocktail, and it's something that uh, you know it's a little bit out of the ordinary. You know, you you don't you don't get too many cocktails with with scotch, and so I think if you have an opportunity, definitely try the penicillin, um, particularly you know after you've been between the sheets. I think that might be the only time I could handle peated scotch. Yeah, and and I wasn't going to go out and buy a whole bottle of it. Uh, you know, I tr- uh, so. I don't think there's really necessary, but if you wanted to be true to the cocktail, it does call for a peated scotch float, but single malt, it worked just fine with me. I mean, it, it does sound, I mean, that, that is an adventurous cocktail. I, I, I like the usage of, of very flavorful and kind of non-standard things, but honestly, the, the only time I drink peated scotch is when I feel the need to sit in a big leather chair with a, with a stogie. Yeah. And, and your smoke uh, in your smoking jacket in my smoking jacket and your fluffy w- slippers yes and and a copy of uh you know february 17th 1887 new york times <laughs> exactly um which i think i've only had that happen to me twice and i think that's because i was already really drunk <laughs> um cuz i'm pretty sure I, that's the only times i've ever smoked cigars is when i was really drunk um but none the but none the nonetheless, yeah, a romp between the sheets um, under you know um, circumstances where you know your partner may not be well known to you may result in the need for penicillin. So I think that's a good choice, Matthew. Very good choice. Thank I applaud you. you. I applaud you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I felt two. pretty good about my selection after I kind of tied it in there. I was like, you know, this makes sense. I'm I'm going with the penicillin. Yeah, these are two serious cocktails also for a concept that is not very serious at all. 
And, 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 and really you know, I will say, guys, if you do want some of those fun, like, sex-themed cocktails, Google some YouTube videos because there are some uh, pretty funny uh, and pretty absurd cocktails out there that you're just like, really? And, you know, a lot of them call for, like, you know, Kahlua and, you know, whipped cream and, you know, just things that, you know, okay, you know, I'm sure they taste good, um, but they're a little, they're basically like drinking dessert those kind of things. So uh, if you like that kind of thing, you know, go for it. You know what, Matthew, I'm going to make a good sophisticated cocktail and I'm going to call it Sunday morning. And, uh, you know, and, and that, you know, everybody will be like, why is this called Sunday morning? And then just our listeners and you will know that'll be what maybe an off season project for me. Okay. You do that. Do you know who else has off-season projects? <laughs> Hang on. Hang on. I'm squeezing my Real Amon. <laughs> that was a nice little squeeze there. I'm going to leave that everybody in. Everybody listen. Day. Everybody listen. Did you hear that? Was that loud it enough? It was. I don't know yes, you, you could, you could hear the squirt. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes, the Giants. The Giants need to work on stuff during the offseason. Yes, because we should probably start talking about that. We're almost halfway through the podcast, and we haven't even mentioned uh, yeah, some... The, the Look, that's yet. kind of on purpose, okay? Like, <laughs> yes, I you mean, know, it's good. And at, at times like this, it's really good that we have a second thing to talk about on the podcast. You know, if you're listening yeah. to us and a regular listener, I'm assuming by now you kind of find value in the cocktail part as well. And so, on this particular episode, you're getting a little bit more of the cocktail part than we would normally give. But but give right. us a break. We all can agree right. that this is the time to do that, right? Right. I mean, Matthew, this is a season where we saw number 65 hit the dirt, you know? I mean, that's about the ex- most exciting thing that happened all week. And Gabe Kapler had the nerve to call it fun. Yes. <sighs> yes it's, but anyway, what are they going to work on? 65. Well, maybe not using 65 players next year. Yeah, it would be goal number one, not to have 65 players next year. And, you know, with... Uh, I, I do say, and I didn't realize this until you pointed it out, was that uh, Ford Proctor, who was player number 65, they actually gave him number 65 to wear. And, uh, you know, you got a little nod to the humorous there. I think that, that at least at least they're 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 playing along. <laughs> I think they call that gallows humor. Right? Yes. What, hey, I'm, I'm look a, at this. I'm a big fan of gallows humor. You know, it's uh, either, <laughs> either laugh or you cry, you know. It's fair. It's fair. <laughs> but 65 players, I mean, come on. And and I think nobody nobody wants that, except maybe the you know, one of those 65. Uh, but I, I, I think that you know, I think we talked about this last time a little bit, but I just I, I keep going back to like, you know, we we used 64 players in 2019, and we're supposed to be beyond that now, and and yet here we are, and right now we're cycling through some uh some serious churn on the roster and and uh particularly in the bullpen and um and even just you know with certain players getting called up and i mean it's interesting and i i just i wonder particularly on the position player side how much of this is necessary or how much of it is really counting towards next year i mean you hear the phrase oh they you know we're going to give them a chance and we're going to see how they look but 
I just don't know if you know that's that's really enough. But I guess any experience is is good experience. On the bullpen side, though, I will say you know they've they it seems like they've found some some players who might be helpful next year. Uh, you know, as far as you know, especially players like Scott Alexander, uh, who's been excellent, uh, and I think his biggest problem in his career is staying healthy. So you know, if they can keep him healthy, he seems to be a really a uh, valuable piece going forward. Uh, he's one of those players that that has doesn't still have, he's been in the league for many years, but doesn't have enough playing time to to reach free agency. So he has one more year, I think, of team control. Uh, you know, the uh, they called up Shelby Miller, uh, who has been a had various success. I think he's been a starter and a reliever and all sorts of things in his career, and is now pitching for the Giants out of the bullpen. Uh, just seems like you know. I mean, you look at who's on the roster, who's in the bullpen roster now, uh, versus at the beginning of the season. And outside of Camila Duvall and John Brevia, uh, I, oh, and Tyler Rogers, uh, I think you know we have a whole new, whole new relief core. And I think that we needed to see that. I mean, you couldn't just keep throwing the same guys out of there with the results they were getting through most of the year. Uh, so it is good to see that. And, and for the most part, I think most players have been pitching well. And I think that opens the door for for some you know interesting moves and and maybe a more solid bullpen in 2023. I I agree. I mean, I think I think Alexander for sure has has been a bright spot, and that's definitely what I I think the really the the only thing that we can be looking towards. And I think the Giants have been looking um, towards it as well. Is is how are these unestablished players going to perform at the major league level? And and what's what's interesting to me is that it really feels like the team has really just finally settled in to a state of normalcy, consistency. And I don't know if that's just because, like, you know, the pressure's off, right? I don't know if that's that because they're finally playing some bad competition that's just playing poorly, right, in the Rockies and, and the Diamondbacks. Um but it also might be the fact that they're using some of these younger guys who who are ready and 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 uh, and are demonstrating that on a daily basis. Like you know, I mean, you talked about the bullpen a lot, but I think one guy that you and I really haven't talked about enough on the position side, who has really established himself in September, did some good things before that, but I think in the last three weeks has been really consistently good. Is is David VR? Yeah. And um, I, I want to talk about him more in depth, but before I do, I do want to talk about uh, Camilo Doval first of all, um, because he has been he and Logan Webb, right? And I think if you look at this Giants team, uh, people that you were excited about maybe at the beginning of August, it was Logan Webb, Camilo Doval, and Joey Bart. Right. Everybody else was just like a, you know, what are you doing here? But um, but both but both Camilo and Logan Webb have put together really excellent seasons. But Camilo has just gotten better and better, and unfortunately, it has been during a very he's done it really quietly because you know the Giants just aren't in competitive games. They're not playing. They're not in any sort of competitive battle. And so the closer role really just doesn't get the same kind of attention that it would under different circumstances. 
But he added that extra pitch. He's throwing 104 miles an hour. Ridiculous. On In September, at the end of September. And he has been their closer all year long. Camilo Duvall has blossomed into one of the best closers in Major League Baseball this year and has only gotten better. And I, I think it's a huge accomplishment that he's added this third pitch because that really means that he's probably got some longevity behind him now, right? The fact that he can throw this 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 new pitch that he actually feels very comfortable with, with command-wise because I think that's one of the things that he was not comfortable with his, his cutter. Right. And um, because he just wasn't sure that he could locate it. I thought that was a strength, right? Because the batter doesn't know that he can locate it either. And that makes him a very uncomfortable at bat. And that's still true of the cutter. He still can't place it. But now he's also got that sinker and he's got, you know, of course, the slider that he's very confident in. And so I- I'm just really excited for, for what we see from him, him next year. Um, the other thing I'm going to say is, is Rogers, folks. Hold on to your butts because he's going to be a San Francisco giant next year. (laughs) Whether you want him to be or not, he's going to be. The Giants believe in him, and I think they're going to try to put a better defense behind him. Well, I hope they do. I mean, I hope they think that. But all of that said, David VR. Well, David David VR has been interesting because he's not... Like, you look at his numbers, and... He's not like he's he's got a 220. I'm looking at his numbers since September 1st. And on one hand, he has six home runs, which leads, the, I think, the team in, in home runs since uh, the beginning of September. Uh, but on the other hand, he still strikes out over 30 percent of the time. Uh, he's got a 227 batting average, which I think in this day and age probably isn't the worst thing because uh, you know, batting average in general is down. But but a 284 on base. So. You know, that's, you know, you, you generally want to be over, you know, over 30, you know, over 300 in your on-base percentage. But still, having said all that, uh, weighted runs created plus of 123. And and so I think, you know, we've gotten kind of conditioned over the last couple of years to kind of look for a certain giant like type of player. You know, someone who uh, gets on base works the count, strikes out less, you know, all that. And here's some guy on the team that doesn't necessarily fit that mold and yet uh, has proven to be one of the more valuable offensive players, I think, on the Giants uh, this month. So uh, it would be nice to see if the Giants could be a little bit more flexible on their profile of players uh, because I think they have room for someone like David VR. I think they're one-trick ponies, and I think that makes them very susceptible to to – um, well, getting beaten by certain kinds of pitchers and certain kind of pitchers with appro- certain kinds of approaches. And I think that was a weakness of them last year. Yeah, well, you're exactly. I mean, when you mean, you say that, yeah. I think you mean pitchers that can locate, right? I mean, and- yeah, pitchers that can locate. And we saw like, we saw this in Washington last year, right? There was a stretch there where the Nationals, for whatever reason, during that series, were just putting the ball exactly where they wanted it to go. And the Giants were just completely... Uh, dominated by that. Um, the other thing about David Br is, you know what, Matthew? Sometimes you just want a guy who can hit fucking bombs. <laughs> That's right. You know what? I mean, like, like you know, I don't care that he strikes out. I don't care that he's not working the walk. You know, I don't care that he doesn't look like a you know 
a money ball athletic, right? I just want a guy who hits fucking bombs. And we're not bleeping those out because we already said this is not safe. <laughs> and if the kids are listening by now, shame on you. <laughs> Say uh, hi to your mom, kids. Whew. All right. Uh, just uh, as a little uh, aside. Between the sheets. Between yeah. the sheets. Kicking in. Yeah. While, while Ben you know, drinks a sip of that, I just I want to say if you're happy to be drinking a penicillin with a candied ginger as the garnish, don't eat the candied ginger after you've finished your cocktail and have nothing else to drink because right now my mouth is on fire and I have nothing to, to, to wash it down with. So little pro tip, eat the garnish first and then use the cocktail to, to, to put out the fire. Cause whoo, whoo. All right. Just thought I'd share uh, that. Or don't eat the candied ginger at all. It's, all right. You got to eat the candy well, ginger. Come on. Yeah, yeah. All right. And, okay. and, and, I, and just can I say, because I was looking up David Villar's uh, uh, stats in September, and it pulled up a few other players as well. So Tyro Estrada in the month of September has basically been Brandon Crawford from 2021. And yes, that is true. And He's been a, hitting bombs. 299 batting average, a 386 on base. And uh, just has been a weighted once created plus of 146. Uh, yeah, I mean, three home runs, 10 RBI, uh, just has been a monster at the plate. And gosh, if we if we had this kind of production from someone like Estrada, who's a very affordable, you know, guy that plays, has a lot of value at different positions, you know, th- that's that's hell valuable. And, yeah. and, uh, so, you know, I, I just, just wanted to point that out because Tyro Strada doesn't get enough love either. I think. Well, I, I didn't even give him love when I talked about the guys that we were excited about at the first of August. Also Tyro. Yeah. Right. So we'll, we'll add Tyro to that list. Um, but I got a question for you, Matthew. Um, I already told you all the barbecue, all the barbecue right yes right well okay so i gotta okay so would you like a little bit of grilled um evan longoria (laughs) or slow smoked david vr yes you have to choose one or the other you can't have both well i i think in this case well i certainly enjoy both I think you have to look at uh, the potential of the smokiness for the long term over maybe half a year of the, you know, of the the gristled uh, whatever you called it. I don't even remember. That is now. that is. I'm true. trying to keep it the died. thing going here, but basically, yeah, I'm yeah, saying you get 80 games was... of Longoria or 140 yeah. games of VR. I think I want VR. You know, we, we talked about this, I, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, where 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 the Giants or some article suggested, that, and the Giants suggested that all of these old timers were, were possible of bringing back, right? Like they even wanted to keep tabs on Brandon Belt and his health. Right. They wanted Jock Peterson, they had already talked to him, you know, they, they were glad to hear about Evan Longoria saying he wanted to play another year, right? And we freaked out because we were like, no, you cannot have all of these guys come back. You can have only one comeback. And while Evan Longoria's numbers have been fantastic this year, and I think he is still great defensively, you're exactly right. Like, he is just not reliable. He's not going to be there most of the season because he's going to be hurt. 
and because he's old, right. you know, and, and, and he's not going to get any younger. No, so and this I, isn't, I, I mean, this is a trend. I mean, it's not, it's two years in a row that he's only played half the games. And, and yes, granted, he's played fairly well when he's been in there, but the greatest ability is availability and, yeah. and he doesn't have it. And why not give it to VR, who A, is a lot cheaper, has a lot more potential long term, uh, and or could hold down the fort until Casey Schmidt arrives, who, by the way, just got promoted to AAA this week and will start the season in Sacramento in 2022, which is only a short drive to San Francisco. Right. And here's, you know, here's what I think. I think what you do is you you buy out Evan Longoria's contract and you commit to David VR being your starting third baseman with one uh, for the first time in his career starting the team with the intent of playing the entire season with them, one Jason Vossler as his backup. The underrated underused this year jason vossler who has this year an ops plus of 136 which is just crazy because the guy last year he was optioned nine times during the year this year it seems like he's been the forgotten man like like we had we had donovan walton and and kevin padlow and mike Ford and like all these guys that were just kind of cycling through with Jason Vossler was sitting in AAA. Now, I think the one caveat is he wasn't playing very well in AAA, but when he got up here, he's one of the few that has been actually hitting the snot out of the ball and and hasn't been getting enough um, respect, I think, within the organization. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think he was underused this year. He was underused. And, um, and, and it's really sad. And I think that, I think, honestly... I think a David VR, I mean, I don't want to say the P word just because I'm tired of it. I, I, I think it works. I think the platoon works, but I would rather have us commit to somebody like David VR and have Vossler be the backup. And if you want to platoon the two of them, fine. Well, but you uh, could, I mean, in that scenario, you could have, you could have a VR at third. Obviously Crawford is going to start the year shortstop and you have Estrada at second and Vossler can, can give VR days off at third and he can give Estrada days off at second and, uh, you know, as a left-handed bat on the bench. And so, yeah. uh, why not? Yeah. And, and then, yeah. And then you do leave room for Schmidt. Maybe right. Schmidt takes one of their places. Well, and, and, and you, know. you know, VR can play first. He's played a lot of first base, so he could switch over to first base if, if Schmidt is ready to play third, because by all accounts, Schmidt is an excellent defensive third baseman. And uh, would and if he can hit, then he's the full package. And so, you know, and, and you know, those are the kind of problems you want. You want you want someone like Schmidt to be like forcing his way onto the lineup yeah. and creating some some decisions to be made about VR. But I think certainly to start the season, VR needs to be the guy over Longoria. And, and honestly, you know, I've said this in the past. I'm glad they've just moved him to AAA. I mean, the season's over. Yeah, like four games left. They moved him up. Oh, there's four games left? Well, there was. Uh, there, I don't know. I mean, this was in the last week they moved him up. So Okay. Well, and they're not contending for a playoff spot, so there, there'll be no postseason there. Um, the, the You know, the, the AAA team is about as good as the, the major league team. They've used, over, they've used over 100 players this year. Is that like hyperbole? No, I, I actually think that's true. Like I didn't look exactly, but I've heard around that number. Oh man. Oh man. Wow. That's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, and, and I think in many ways those two teams were the same team. They were just, you know, 
and one just happened to be the Giants and one happened to be uh, the River Cats. Um, yeah, I mean, the way that now that we talk about this more and more, I, I just don't think it makes sense to bring Longoria back. And I know it's a difference of $8 million, which is not that much, but like, you know what, you could spend that $8 million elsewhere. And it just really feels like between Vossler and VR, you have a perfectly reasonable pairing of some, you know, one not so young, but one young player who's promising. And then you have Casey Schmidt knocking on the door. And quite frankly, as I said last week, they have to push the envelope with these kids. If these kids are just mediocre, I think you still have to bring them up, you know, and that's on you for having such a crappy backwards season this year. Yeah. And right? I, like, yeah. 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 And I, I have to apologize. It wasn't a hundred. It was a uh, 98. <laughs> 50, well, Matthew, get your facts. 53 pitchers. Get your facts straight, Matthew. Okay. <laughs> Okay, sorry. Okay, 98, 98 is not so bad. No, no. You know, you know what I really wish? Pitchers, ben, 53. 53. You I know get... what? You know what I would? I wish it had been 96. <laughs> Six. Nice. Yes. <laughs> oh, boy. 98. Wow. All right. Wow. Well, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that... Uh, Vossler and VR, uh, two two players that I think have shown that they should be part of the Giants' plan next year, uh, and especially if you're comparing them to to players like Longoria and Tommy Lastella. Uh, you know, those are guys that have, have proven that they should deserve that opportunity to to play at the beginning of the year next year. Uh, but, you know, it's not like they're superstars, though. So if the Giants can upgrade or have a better option, by then by all means. But if we're just comparing those, I think I'd prefer I'd prefer Longoria. I mean, uh, VR and 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 Vossler over Longoria and La Stella. Who Who is this this La Stella person? You know, I know. I know. He's he's just a, a mythical guy that. Uh, <laughs> That was supposed to be the starting second baseman of the San Francisco Giants. And no, 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 no. Tyro Estrada is our starting second baseman. Exactly, exactly. So I don't, I mean, this was just all mythical. I mean, like, I think, uh, you know, it was one of those things, those those situations where maybe you, you, you hypothesize about a player that, you know, could get on base and hit for power and, and, and um, yeah, I mean, just never exactly matured and happened. So, all right. No, it never, it never played out. And, and, and who would have thunk it? For a guy who'd never played a full major league season, <laughs> shocker! Except one time, shocker, because he was always hurt. Uh, yeah, but you know, you know well, who has played a full major league season? Who? Logan Webb. <laughs> That's right. And That's right. And Carlos Rodon. I mean, if we're gonna, we might as well just throw both of them in there because those were two question marks. I mean, Rodon especially. Uh, yeah. But even Logan Webb has never come close to throwing 200 uh, innings in a, in a season. This year, he won't quite get there, but close enough. And and uh, uh, I just I you know so that that was huge. I think for for the Giants this year to have you know Logan Webb. We before we went on air, you were like, guess how many wins you know he has. And and you know when you said 15. It kind of like jolted me a little bit. Like I, I that kind of snuck up on me. I hadn't been paying attention to the number of wins he had, and I know that's kind of a, you know, not as a, not as a hip score uh, way of keeping score on on stats lately. But but still, fifteen wins is a good uh, good solid season. 
Well, 15 wins suggests that he has he started a lot of games, that he has stayed in those games for long periods of time, and he's pitched effectively. It's not a completely useless stat. There's plenty of other stats that tell those stories better, but it is one stat that tells all of those stories in one number. And and 15 wins, he's 15 and nine with 32 starts. I mean, that's like 1990s kind of stuff. Right. I mean, and uh, and he is tied with the league lead in games started at 32. I, I probably I, I, mean, I don't know how many other he's tied with, but probably probably a, a significant number. But but the point is, is that he's started as many games as any other National League starting pitcher. And, um, you know, his ERA is two point nine, the best of his career at this point. Right. He, last year he was three oh three. Uh, his ERA plus is 139, also the best of his career. His WHIP walks and hits per inning is 1.16, which is which is very good. You know he, he's been down on strikeouts this year, but that's everything else. He's just as good, which in some ways might even be a better sign, right? Because he's probably throwing less pitches per game. Yeah, and and I mean, 15 wins is right now is about 20 percent of the team's wins, and you know I think that that's. <laughs> Yeah, you know, well, that, that says a lot. Yeah, I mean, and, well, that's good for one of your five starting pitchers. Yeah, right. And he's, he's got more wins spots. than Carlos Rodon, who has had an excellent season by all accounts. Uh, yeah, you know, he's got. Uh, you know, Rodon has eight losses. Logan has uh, Logan has nine. Uh, but I, you know, they they both have put both have any. He has a better ERA than Carlos Rodon. Uh, so yeah, I think that, uh, he's quietly kind of worked his way back into this kind of ace, you know, thing. Cause I think Rodon had kind of stolen that thunder there for a little while, but now I, I feel like, you know, he's, he's, you put him up against anyone. Yeah. They're one and one a, right. I mean, I, I don't think you could really point at one of these guys and saying he's definitively better. And I think the problem with Rodon problem, I say he has hate has a great season. Yeah. Um, but, but he's prone to beginnings. He's prone to the meltdown more so than, than Logan Webb. Yep. And, um, you know, and, and I think you've seen him, him kind of like sabotage himself uh, more than you've seen Webb do that. Um, that also could be that he was just more snake bit by the Giants crappy defense. Well, I was just going to say Logan Webb has kind of, I'm looking at earned runs versus runs and Logan Webb has given up 76 runs, but only 62 of them were earned. And uh, so, so, uh, and Carlos Rodon, on the other hand, has given up 59 runs, but 57 of them were earned. And so, Logan Webb has definitely been the snake bin. 14 unearned runs on his watch. Well, there you go. I stand corrected. Uh, yeah. So, someone I has mean, been affected by the defense, but it was uh, Webb and not, not Rodon. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, you know, I, I think that only exemplifies the work that the Giants have to do in, in the offseason, right? Because, you know, I think the starting pitching this year, I mean, I think with all of the other stuff going on, the starting pitching really just hasn't gotten the same kind of attention. And that's only, and I think that's because they didn't do anything bad. Right. Right. I think the worst thing that happened to the starting pitcher in this year was, was Desclafani's ankle. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I mean, honestly, that, we we don't miss him. No, like, and, well, and that's Jacob not because Junis, I don't believe in him. Jacob Junis stepped right in and, uh, you know, and did a phenomenal job. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, right. And Junis. And, and I feel like also Alex Wood, I, 
He's one of those ones that too, like that if I cared enough to go look at how badly defense hurt people, I'd really want to look at his games because he's a guy who I just felt like he looked a lot better than I think his numbers suggest. And maybe that's just, maybe that's BS. Maybe that's just me wanting to, 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 to blame the giants defense for everything. Well, but, I think those, uh, are, those are one of those ones where, I mean, you watch enough Giants games and you know, I mean, there's a difference between looking at earned runs versus runs based on actual errors. And then there's then there's just bad defense, right? And that don't re- reflect it in the box score, like, you know, positioning and, and not able to get to a ball because you're too slow or just whatever, uh, which seems to happen a lot to, to our pitchers in general. But particularly, yes, I think Alex Cobb and Alex Wood both seem to be victims of that this season. Although Cobb was impacted by his own bad defense. Well, his inability to cover first, especially. His inability to cover first during the first half of the season. And you know what? He's done a better job in the second half of the season. Yes. It always looks like an adventure, though. Yeah. Well, and you know who else has gotten better is Camilo. Camilo has gotten yes, better. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. And, which um, I think you know is important because you know every run counts in in the ninth no, inning. Absolutely. And uh, you know it seems like he's definitely uh, taken that to heart. And uh, you know just in the last few games, seeing him not only is he pumping 104, but he's also busting his butt over to first base when when he needs to. So when he needs to, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, when everything else in your game is perfect, you might as well make that perfect too. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I think I think there have been a lot of bright spots this year. They've just been they, they, they just all got obscured by by the, the doldrums of the season, which was just brought down by by bad defense and old men getting hurt. Yeah, that basically sums up the season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> bad defense and old men getting hurt. That's it. That's the 2022 Giants for you. 30 games behind the uh, 106-win and counting Los Angeles Dodgers. All right, well, so we, we got looking ahead here. There's only one more week. One, one more week. week left in the season. We end next Wednesday. Our next podcast will be will be recorded on the last day of the season, and we will have yeah. full the full season to, to look at. And, folks, if I could be a bit sanguine... <laughs> If I could be a little could bit you? fucking sanguine. Could you be I'm fucking be sanguine? Fu- I'm going to be fucking sanguine right now. It's so unlike it's the you. Last, it's the last week of the season, folks. And the Giants are still in the playoff hunt. What more could we ask for? You know what? They could also finish the season 500 or even better. And you know what? Since they're playing the Rockies and the Diamondbacks, and they might play the Padres in games that don't matter to the Padres while they get ready for the playoffs. Although I don't know that that's true because that'll that that'll that'll be home game worthy, won't it? The Padres are going to care about those games, aren't they? Yes, they probably will. I think with the new playoff format, the Padres are going to care about those games. Okay, the the Padres are going to come to play in that last weekend. Unfortunately, the Giants won't have the opportunity to knock them out. But but anyway. My point is the Giants could finish the season above 500. They'd have to play they'd have to play really well to do it, but certainly they could finish 81 and 81, which if you had told me that that was going to happen a, a month ago, I would have told you that you're one of these weird optimistic freakazoids. Sanguinic people. Sanguinic? Yeah, what is it? God, why are you so sanguine? <laughs> Well, the Giants now are up six to two in the in the seventh. 
so we're on our way to being only one game under 500. One game under. So what, that'll give them 77 wins? So yes. it'll be 77 and 78? Yes. Yeah, I mean, they could do it. They could finish at 500 or better, which is crazy. Um, I mean, it, it doesn't matter. They're not going to make the playoffs. Um you know, I, I think the, I think it the, matters more for the Giants for the Giants fans and probably for the Giants. I know yeah. Jock Peterson went on record as saying it still sucks and it doesn't really matter. And this is a guy for the first time in his career is not going to make the the postseason. <laughs> oh fuck that guy! What? <laughs> Jock Peterson has made the playoffs every single year of his career. You haven't seen that? Oh my, no. No, I mean, I knew he was a... It makes sense, because he was with the Dodgers for all those years. Yeah, and then he got the Braves. Whole, yeah, you know, and, and, then, and then he got the... And then he got... Tra- but he was... Where was he before he got traded to the Braves? He was with the Reds? I don't even remember. I don't remember. But anyway, he was with... T- but then he got traded to the Braves, and yeah, and they, they won the World Series. They won the World Series, right? That's right, right? They did, yeah. With his wrong? beads yeah, and everything. Okay. That's right, that's right. And the Dodgers didn't. <laughs> I stopped paying attention after the Giants. Well, no, I paid attention to the Padres, the Dodgers losing. <laughs> that was good. That was good. But anyway, folks, you know, the, the, the point I'm trying to make is at least we're ending on an upbeat note. And that's about as sanguine as Ben gets. As penguine <laughs> as Ben gets. And that reminds me, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch trying to say the word penguin. Look it up on the internets, folks. Look it up on the internet. Oh, we're leaving you with some gems. We're leaving you with some gems, mm-hmm. folks. All right, well, on that note, I think it's time to call it a night. You're in Austin, Texas. It's late. You're you're two, sh- two between the sheets down and uh, ready to call it a night. Or maybe the night's just Indeed. beginning. I don't know. Uh, you're, you know. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to my super cold hotel room they do not care about saving energy here let me tell you (laughs) other 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 comments i will keep to myself but san francisco people you all know what i'm talking about but it's also austin which is like one of the weirdest places i've ever been well it's like the one bastion of liberals the one bastion of liberalism within the 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 state of texas yeah yeah it's like a large santa cruz you know you know, it's got but, that you know, kind of vibe. You and I grew up there. You know what I'm talking about. I do know what you're and, talking about. Um, I will tell this. The pandemic really did a number on the downtown area here. It is not as vibrant as it was. I came here in 2019 and it was bustling. You know, it was it was. And, yeah. and, and now it's not it's not. I mean, it's like San Francisco, downtown San Francisco. It's um, it's a different place for sure. But um, but this is not a travel show. So who cares? No, there's no baseball. Who cares? Game here. No, and we don't yeah. care. There's, so anyway, is there a minor league team in Austin? Minor league team in Austin? No. Uh, who I, cares? I, who cares? All right. So anyway, Ben. Until next week for the last game of the season. Cheers, my friend. Woo! Cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody. Bye. Join us next time for the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until then, bottoms up. Uh-huh.